The next era of Bucks basketball is here. Lillard, three-pointer for the lead. It's game time. Giannis just inside the three-point line, working on Orlando Robinson. Spins around him, and goodness gracious. This is Courtside with the Milwaukee Bucks. Tonight, we'll unpack it all with a guy who's been in the middle of it all. The president of the Bucks, Peter Fagan. And our special guest tonight, who's traveling with the team, is Bucks general manager, John Horst. By far the best record in the league. And Chris Middleton is a huge part of that thrill ride. The source for the inside scoop on every dribble, drawn-up play, and decision made. Now, here's your host, Gail Kloppa. Hello, everyone. I'm Gail Kloppa, and this is Courtside with the Milwaukee Bucks. Take one look at the schedule. We knew it would be a tough test. A western swing, five games, nine days, a new coach, and a back-to-back in Dallas and Salt Lake. The Bucks came roaring back to clinch a win in Dallas, but in Salt Lake, a fourth-quarter lead melted away. The Bucks just couldn't buy a shot down the stretch. It's been a tumultuous year so far, but we've seen 33 wins and flashes of brilliance. Tonight, we'll take the pulse of the franchise. Our guest has played a big role in building a winning culture here in Milwaukee. The president of the Bucks, Peter Fagan, joins us here on Courtside. Peter, welcome. Always great to sit down with you. Thanks, Gail. Well, Peter, let's dig right in and give us your take, if you will, on the early days of the Doc Rivers era. What what changes are you seeing on and off the court? Well, I think it, that uh, Doc is someone who definitely has a plan and a system and a roadmap. He has been here before. Um, it, it's like fascinating to watch how quickly he's acclimated. I think kind of being forced on the road right away, kind of not what I would wish somebody um, to kind of take on a transitional job and uh, and go for a 10-day road trip um, as part of it. I think he's had one and a half practices. And uh, as you've seen, you know, we've already seen some kind of some different schemes, some different tempo and, and, and kind of sets uh, already in, in just such a short time. So he's got um, two or three new assistants on board, and I think this is, this is reorganization on steroids. Well, that makes sense. Well, Doc's experience, as you referred to, Peter, as a head coach, speaks for itself. 24 seasons, the eighth winningest coach in NBA history. But I'd be curious, what in, are the intangibles that convinced the Bucks to bring Doc on board midseason? Well, I think, you know, this was a time to pivot and to kind of have a different a different mode of, of like action, of urgency, of uh, of plan, and and when we sat down and talked to Doc, obviously he's someone who is who is so tenured, been so successful and really kind of has um you know, a mastery, you know, of of NBA basketball. Um, you know, obviously on the court, you know, as a player, as a coach for so many years, as a coach with like really kind of diverse experience, certainly has coached and managed superstars, you know, in, in, in di- on different franchises. So I think the combination and, and of course of him just being, you know, a very smart, enjoyable, fun basketball person, you know, all those components really add up to, you know, what I think, you know, Jimmy and Jamie and Wes really thought about as, as kind of like the next chapter of really kind of, you know, how to pivot on leadership and, and really go towards Doc Rivers. And Peter, we learned over the weekend, as you know, that Doc and his staff will coach the Eastern Conference team in the All-Star game later this month. I thought, Peter, that Doc's reaction to the news was classic and spoke volumes about the kind of person he is. 
Yeah, I think one thing about Doc is he's he's direct, he's transparent, he's certainly funny, um, and and he's just honest. You know, I think I think it's kind of uh, the the funny insanity of our of our setup and our business and and kind of the all star game is as somebody transitions to a new coach, he would default as an all star coach. I think he totally understands and respects kind of Coach Griffin's success early on in the season and that, uh, you know, th- this is a weird circumstance and uh, I thought he handled it well as well. He said he probably wouldn't get anywhere with an appeal to Adam Silver about not coaching. What do you think? <laughs> I think he's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. And, and speaking of the All-Star game, Peter, the Bucks will be well represented in addition to the coaching staff. Yeah, I think we're going to have a lot of fun. I think we, we're going to have uh, representation in the three three-point contest. We certainly have two starters. We'll have the coaching staff. I mean, I always get very excited. I care about our brand being everywhere and anywhere in, in, in good light. And certainly, you know, the weekend where the world shines on the NBA, to have so much Bucks representation is awesome. And Peter, we know Damian Lillard and Giannis will be starters on the Eastern team. Tell us who will represent the Bucks in the three-point contest. Well, I think we'll have uh, I think we'll have Damian Lillard and a to-be-announced other participant, which mm-hmm. I don't think has been publicly announced yet. But my bet is is going towards uh, one of the best three-point shooters in the league. We'll also join him. That might be a guy named Beasley, but we'll wait and see. That could be Gail. <laughs> we'll have more with Peter Fagan in a moment. Now back to courtside with Gail and Bucks president Peter Fagan. Peter, let, let's chat for a minute about Damian Lillard. In his first season with the Bucks, one of the greatest three-point shooters in the history of the game. In your view, what can we expect to see from Dame as the season builds toward the playoffs? Do you, do you think he will be kicking into another gear? Without a question. I think as you watch game by game and Dame and Giannis kind of gelling better and kind of understanding how to how to play off each other and, and how to make each other better. It, it only will equate into to Dame, you know, becoming even more unstoppable and, and like more of a problem for every defense in the NBA. Uh, sure makes sense. And last night in Salt Lake, he tweaked his ankle. Any update on his condition? Yeah, I think he's fine. You know, he's uh, he's one of those uh, players that kind of grins and you know, grits and bears it. He is uh, he is tough. He wants to play. You know, he's uh, he and, and Giannis are very similar like that. They they want to be on the court all the time. Well, we hope that it's not, as you say, uh, too debilitating for him. And, and it looked like he came back in reasonably good shape after walking it off. And Peter, you know better than all the rest of us, there's no question that Giannis has been sensational this season. You've known Giannis for, gosh, nearly a decade, Peter. If you will, give our listeners an anecdote that would demonstrate for you what Giannis's personality is really like. Well, I think, you know, take take the academic world. You know, I think we, 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 we kind of brought... Giannis in as a middle schooler, he graduated quickly to high school. He went to a very competitive undergraduate program, and uh, he's probably now in the process of, of, of kind of accelerated into a Ph.D. program. So, you know, I think in a very short period of time, you think about the growth and the evolution of a person and a player, you know, it's what makes him phenomenal. So, you know, this is a, 
this is a person off the court that is so curious, wants to learn, wants to get better, and he he literally has the same vantage point on the court. I think Doc Rivers is going to be incredible for for Giannis and guidance and discipline and process because Giannis loves like being taught and being coached, and and it'll be really helpful to even if if he could imagine accelerate his growth even even faster than it's been going. And Peter, as you know, not only is Giannis eager to learn, but he's also very frugal with his money. Yeah, he's so cheap. He <laughs> is like he is a genius. He doesn't carry his wallet or money with him anywhere. He uh, he. I think his pockets are actually sewn in. Like he actually doesn't uh, do it. But you know what? It's like we always laugh. I always said, you know, that the the, uh, the the really successful people I've ever met with money do not throw it around and throw it away. And uh, and and he believes that he values, you know, kind of what he makes, and he uh, he wants it to last for generations and uh, he's very serious about it and uh, I, I of course think it's hilarious and make fun of him anytime that he's cheap in front of me. <laughs> and I understand that Giannis also believes in yard sales Peter. Well Giannis I, I think I told the story that that had been around but somebody asked me like what was one of the funniest chapters you know in the in in the Giannis um, in our Giannis decade and I just said you know just to the naivete of Giannis kind of thinking when he was going to move from an apartment out in St. Francis, where our old practice facility was, to, to a different house, he had thought it'd be a great idea to have a yard sale until we called him and said, uh, yeah, don't put that on social media. You'll have a few hundred thousand people, you know, <laughs> literally visiting you. Maybe we can figure out how to help you out and uh, and get that done. But again, like that's Giannis's entrepreneurial brain working. Like he was like, hey, I don't want to move all this stuff. Like there, there's some opportunity to sell something. So that's uh, that. That's one of my favorite stories about Giannis. Yeah, that's a great story. And switching gears, Peter, to Chris Middleton, another longtime buck in back in action now after a series of injuries that kept him off the court for long stretches, really over the past two seasons. Peter, from your vantage point, is Chris playing like his old self again? Yeah, I mean, from my vantage point, he's he certainly hasn't looked better in two years, and I think he's the secret sauce. You know, I think when you talk about our success deep into the season, certainly Dame and Giannis are going to be a focus of, of every defense, and, and the fact that you cannot double Chris Middleton is going to be a real problem for a lot of teams, and the fact that Chris feels so good, and he's healthy, and he's 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 getting up in his minutes per game, I think can only play well for us, and, and and by the and, and by the way, also like a very big part of the glue that puts this whole team together. He he makes everybody on the court better as well. So all those factors are, are just what makes Chris Middleton so special. And Peter, one of the most uh, intelligent players on the floor in the NBA. Yeah, I think one of Doc Rivers' first comments was just his basketball IQ is so superior and so great. You know, one of the best that he's ever coached, which, as you can imagine, like over decades, is is really saying something. And, Peter, this is an important week, not only for the Bucks but across the NBA. The trade deadline now just a couple of days away. Just want to make sure that John Horst has all the caffeine he needs? Well, you know, he, he seems to be good. He just got back yeah, from the road trip. He's, uh, he is, like he always is, is extremely focused on, on how to be additive and how to be strategic and wants to do things, you know, to improve us, 
you know, in the short term and the long term. So I'd say John is, uh, is, is, is nose to the grindstone, beyond focused. As I always say, it's a, it's a good period of two or three days to really drive him crazy on some other things because of uh, the time the time pressure and uh, the intensity, but this is this has always been a fun time for us, and John has always kind of steered this in such a good direction. Um, you know, whether we've made great moves and kind of changed it, or been smart and not done anything for the sake of of, of doing something. So, like this is uh, these are what makes pro sports and uh, and the Bucks so much fun is when you get to these trade deadlines and free agency and and different things. You know, John Horst has his finger on the pulse and is very focused. And we'll look forward to our conversation with John on Courtside next week, Peter. And we'll have more with you, Peter, right after this. Here's more Courtside with Gail and Bucks President Peter Fagan. Peter, there's a lot shaking in the Deer District. A great new hotel is open and soon, understand, we'll see construction begin on a new music venue. Tell us about it. Yeah, Gail, I think it goes to kind of directionally, you know, where we want to be. I I think we, as an organization, kind of gave some of our goals and objectives and and said one of them was no dark days. How do we activate in such a big way, whether it's in the arena or outside the arena? And uh, the hotel, the trade has really kind of been, uh, you know, one of those additions that has changed the the fabric of the Deer District in, in kind of building some some electricity and energy with people around all the time. I think they're they have overperformed to date since they opened up in August, which is really exciting and uh, really proven to be a destination. And I think, you know, that's just the beginning as we think about with Live Nation and, and Frank Productions to uh, break ground in the next few weeks on uh, on a music venue that will will of course like be just an infusion of energy and and people and events in the Deer District in the years to come. And then, you know, right around the corner, we've got the RNC, um, the Republican National Convention, uh, coming this summer in July, which is a game changer, Um, you know, not just for Pfizer Forum, but the city of Milwaukee. Yeah, for sure. And, And Peter, I understand that portions of the arena will actually need to be rebuilt to accommodate the convention. Tell us how all of that will work. Yeah, the convention business is a fascinating business. We basically, you know, kind of carve out a six-week period where we we rent the arena and kind of give it over to the Republican National Convention, and and they have the rights to construct, reimagine, kind of the interior as long as they put it back in place, you know, by three weeks after the convention. And, you know, what really is fascinating and what they've done around around the country for conventions is it's kind of the coolest in arena production, but as well as television production. So they really create the arena as like one of the most intimate television productions you can imagine. And if you've watched a convention, you know kind of what I'm talking about. But it's kind of one of these interesting, neat opportunities where we can reimagine spaces. We've actually been working with the RNC to think about how we can kind of redesign some spaces that they want to touch and maybe keep it after the uh, convention. So it's, it's kind of like one of these neat opportunities that doesn't really happen with any sort of rental or event you have any any time um, throughout the years. I imagine you need a pretty uh, stable power supply, right, Peter? 
We've got a great utility, Gail. I don't know if you're familiar with We Energies, but uh, we never worry about our our, consistent, our consistency and our energy. Well, we'll give it our best shot, I guarantee you. And, and Peter, speaking of, of making the arena just specifically look fantastic for television, I think an example of that was the first Republican debate, the first presidential debate. Uh, watched it on television, and the arena just looked phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, Gail, we use that as a template to, to, to start convincing other events to, to come here. I mean, the the debate is really kind of a setup for everything from the NBA draft to music awards to to, to kind of other awards to get it. And, and working with Fox, you know, we kind of took this platform of, of a modern arena and, and kind of reconfigured it into such an interesting, cool platform um, to get it done. So I, I see a lot of the same opportunities with the Republican National Convention. Oh, that's fascinating. And 50,000 visitors to Milwaukee. Back for a moment about the trade, the new hotel that we talked about. Uh, I had a guest come in from New York uh, the other week. He stayed at the trade, and he said to me, uh, just to echo what you're saying, he said, I didn't know Milwaukee was that cool. Yeah, I mean, li- listen, the trade is, is, is voted the, the best new hotel, like by USA Today. It's kind of hit, it's been on the radar, you know, nationally on a big way. I think they really spent the time and money on, on the design and execution. And of course, in that business, you know, it's service, service, service and execution and, and really done a great job to date. Everything from the, the two restaurants to the way the actual hotel is operated to the, to the upkeep of the room. So, you know, we care about every detail. And, uh, and it's really been a great at the North Central Group who, who operates the hotels has just done a fabulous, fabulous job. And, and it's, a, it's a difference maker in our city. It, it, it makes it even easier to become a destination. Peter, I want to switch gears as we wrap up our conversation here tonight. Uh, a difficult question for you. Got to ask at least one tough question. As you look back over nearly a decade in your role leading the Bucks as president of both the Bucks and Pfizer Forum, just thinking back, what's the toughest decision you've had to make? Well, I always think the people decisions are the toughest decisions. So, you know, having to change direction and, and, and maybe, you know, say goodbye to, 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 to people, which is like the most emotional and uh, toughest, uh, toughest decisions. But the, it's a great question. I mean, I think, you know, for, uh, for us, it, it, it's, it's really kind of the decisions to, to say no and really think about, you know, one of our goals and objectives is to really everything we do, do it at the highest level, execute you know, as flawlessly as we can. And there've been some opportunities to build different buildings, to execute different businesses. And some of those decisions, you know, I, you get very excited about the prospect and then really to kind of, uh, to, to, to really buckle down and, and be able to say no and, and, and really, you know, stick to your guns on consistency with your, where your goals and objectives are, whether it's, you know, the construction of office buildings, whether it's, it's different tech businesses, you know, whether it's the extensions of some of our hospitality businesses. So, you know, some of the toughest decisions are the decisions, you know, to say no, but always, always the toughest is, is when humans are involved and, and, and making personnel decisions. Yeah, that's for sure, Peter. And finally, 37 games left to play in the regular season. Peter, what's your parting advice to anxious Bucks fans everywhere? Oh, 
get excited. Like we're going to constantly improve. This is a team that's going to going to be in the in the top ten in you know in the next thirty seven games in in defense and certainly in offense and really kind of start to strengthen you know our pillars towards a championship. So this is this is an exciting time as always, especially after All Star, where you really start to see the team hone itself in for the playoffs. Peter, we'll buckle our seatbelt and wish for the best. And thanks so much for joining us tonight. Always so much fun to visit with you. And you've been listening to Courtside with the Milwaukee Bucks. 